What's up everybody, Logan Alex CPA here with another credit card review video. Today I want to talk to you about the Chase Sapphire Preferred credit card. I went over the Chase Freedom Flex and the Chase Freedom Unlimited in some videos last month. There will be links to those review videos in the description below along with a link to my Freedom Flex versus Freedom Unlimited comparison. Chase's Freedom Unlimited line is obviously more of a cash back line while Chase's Sapphire line is positioned as their travel line and perhaps Chase's most popular travel card is the Chase Sapphire Reserve. So in this Chase Sapphire Preferred video review, I'm going to go over the preferred reward structure, its features and benefits, its pros and cons, and finally at the end of the video, I will give my thoughts on some examples of people or situations uh, in which the, the Chase Sapphire Preferred is probably a good choice as well as my thoughts on some examples of people or situations the Sapphire Preferred probably isn't that great for. As with all of my credit card reviews, I have my affiliate link to the credit card being reviewed in the description below. So if you're interested in the Chase Sapphire Preferred, I would appreciate it if you use my link in the description below. If you use my link and you are approved, then the channel will get a small commission. Thank you so much for supporting the channel in this way so that it continues to be worth my while to create content like this for you. All right, let's get right into the Chase Sapphire Preferred. First thing I want to mention is that Chase is currently giving new Sapphire Preferred cardholders a bonus of 80,000 points when they spend at least $4,000 in their first three months after opening their credit card. But with credit card rewards, right, you always have to ask, okay, 8,000 points, that sounds great. What are they actually worth in real money? So 8,000 points is essentially worth $800, okay, if you redeem them for cash, for a statement credit or something like that. But the Sapphire Preferred Card offers 25% extra when you use your points to book travel through Chase Ultimate Rewards or you use them to cover past purchases in specific categories. I'll talk a little bit more about those opportunities later, but essentially the point is that the 80,000 points, uh, this sign-up bonus will essentially give you $1,000 in travel credit if you book through the Chase Ultimate Rewards portal and use your points that way, or if you use your points through the Chase Pay Yourself Back program. And I will show you how Pay Yourself Back works later in this video. There are some conditions here on the welcome offer. I mentioned you need to put $4,000 in spending on the card in the first three months. That comes out to, on average, a little over $1,300 per month. And you also won't be eligible for this bonus if you already received another new card member bonus for a Sapphire account in the last 48 months. But overall, this is a really lucrative bonus because think about it, if you get $1,000 back, in value on $4,000 in spending, that's essentially 25% back, right? And in fact, this is the highest sign-up bonus I've ever seen on the Chase Sapphire Preferred. So if you are interested in this card after watching this full review video, now's a great time to get it. Click my link in the description, get that bonus, and do some traveling this summer. I know you want to go. I do too, because hey, let's face it, we really couldn't go very much of anywhere in 2020, could we? Now, the Sapphire Preferred does come with an annual fee of $95, you will have to take that into account when you're comparing it to other cards you might be considering. So let's take a look at the Sapphire Preferred Reward structure so you can determine if, based on your personal spending habits, you will derive adequate value for the Sapphire Preferred in order to justify the annual fee. So the Sapphire Preferred gives you two points per dollar spent on its two bonus categories, that's travel and dining, and that dining category includes eating at restaurants as well as takeout and delivery. So you're essentially getting 2% back on takeout and delivery if you simply redeem your points for cash, and 2.5% back if you redeem for travel through Chase or through the Pay Yourself Back program that I will talk about shortly. Spending on the Sapphire Preferred outside of the travel and dining categories yields only one point 
point per dollar spent, which comes out to 1% back or 1.25% back if you redeem your points for for travel through Chase uh, or through the Pay Yourself Back program. And even though the card does charge that $95 annual fee, it does not charge a fee on purchases made abroad. So the Sapphire Preferred can be a great pick if you're going to be doing international travel on top of your, of your domestic traveling. So uh, I've mentioned this pay yourself back program as another way to get that 25% bonus on your Sapphire preferred spending beyond just the traditional way of redeeming for travel through Chase. So you'll see the pay yourself back option when you go to redeem your points. And essentially it allows you to get the same 25% bonus statement credit when you use your points to cover purchases you've already made in particular categories. Right now, the categories are dining, grocery stores, home improvement stores, and select charities. These categories are set to expire at the end of September. That's September 2021, except for charity, which actually expires at the end of December. You can see that interface here. Usually, I would need 2,587 points to get, uh, well, that'd be $25.87 in cash back. But if I pay myself back for this purchase, then I'll get the same value and only use 2,069 points. Again, that's going to be applied as a statement credit. So if my balance is zeroed out when I redeem these rewards, then I'm going to have a negative $25.87 balance that will cover my next purchases. Now, I want to note that this is not going to replace your minimum payment obligations. Let's say I owe a $25 minimum payment on an existing balance. Well, redeeming my points is obviously going to decrease that balance, but I can't avoid the minimum payment or late fee simply by paying myself back in this way. You still have to make your minimum payment regardless of how much of uh, these statement credits you get. I also want to mention a few other perks of the Chase Sapphire Preferred. The first one is that you'll get 15,000 extra points for each person you refer to the Sapphire Preferred up to five times per year. So that can be up to uh, $750 worth of points or $937.50 if you redeem them for travel. Chase is also offering up to $50 in grocery credit for new card members for their first year, as well as a full year of free Dash Pass uh, for DoorDash, as well as Caviar, which is another delivery service owned by DoorDash. That subscription would usually cost $10 per month, so you'll get free delivery on eligible restaurants as long as your order value is greater than $12. Beyond that, you can get up to $60 in statement credit on Peloton Digital and All Access memberships through the end of 2021. That will be applied automatically after you make your purchase, but it won't work if you buy it through a third party like the App Store or the Google Play Store. So if you're interested in that uh, in that offer, then make sure to get your membership directly from Peloton. Beyond that, you will earn 5% back on Lyft rides and subscriptions through the end of March 2022. So that's going to work out uh, to 6.25% if you use those points to book travel through Chase Ultimate Rewards. Finally, if you get the Sapphire Preferred, you can use my Chase plan to work out an interest-free payment arrangement on purchases of over $100. So basically, you charge the purchase to your card. If it's eligible, then you'll see the option to pay through my Chase plan and your account activity. And once you opt into that, you'll be able to select a payment plan that works for you. Now, there is a small monthly fee here, so it's not exactly free, but you'll be able to avoid compound interest, which can accumulate really, really quickly when you're dealing with credit card debt. Now, going back to rewards on the Chase Sapphire Preferred, if you're really into squeezing every dollar of value out of your credit card points, an advanced point redemption strategy with the Chase Sapphire Preferred is to transfer your Chase Ultimate Rewards points to certain hotel and airlines rewards programs at a one-to-one -one ratio. So, uh, right, you'll get 25% extra credit, right, when you pay yourself back or you book travel through Ultimate Rewards, okay? But in some cases, you might get even more than a 25% bonus if you transfer those points 
outside of your Chase account and into another reward provider. As long as you have at least a thousand points saved up, you can move them to 10 different airline and three different hotel rewards programs. Here's the full list of supported partners. I'll just read them off here. We have Aer Lingus Air Club, British Airways Executive Club, Emirates Skywards, Air France KLM Flying Blue, Iberia Plus, JetBlue True Blue, Singapore Airlines Chris Flyer, Southwest Airlines Rapid Rewards, United Airlines Mileage Plus, Virgin Atlantic Flying Club, Intercontinental Hotels Group Rewards Club, Marriott Bonvoy, World of Hyatt. Okay, again, when you transfer those points, you're only going to get a one-to-one -one ratio value, right? So that might make it seem like you're getting a bad deal here, but the fact of the matter is these providers might be offering their own bonuses uh, that go beyond the 25% extra you get from Chase, or maybe the, the value of these points is actually really high compared to a Chase Ultimate Rewards point. So uh, just by way of example, if one of those airlines is offering a really good value on miles, you can transfer your Ultimate Rewards points into their program and take advantage of that deal to make your points go even further than what they would be worth with Ultimate Rewards or with pay yourself back on that 25% bonus, right? And if you have any other Chase cards, let's say the Chase Freedom Flex or the Freedom Unlimited, then you can consolidate your rewards onto your Sapphire Preferred and then transfer them all over to another rewards program. Of course, a transfer can go the other way as well, resulting in you receiving a less value per point than if you had simply redeemed for travel through Chase's own Ultimate Rewards portal or through the pay yourself back program. So you really have to do the math. You have to research how much rewards points in the airline or hotel reward program you're interested in is really worth. All right, so at this point, I have summarized the features and benefits of the Chase Sapphire Preferred. Now I wanna break down its key pros and cons. Let's start with the pros. Pro number one is that sign up bonus, right? 8,000 points, right? which in the case of the Sapphire Preferred can be redeemed for $1,000 worth of travel through Chase Ultimate Rewards. This is the biggest welcome offer I've ever seen on this card. Obviously, you're not really saving money if you spend an extra $1,000 just to collect the introductory bonus, but if that's money that you're going to spend anyway, this is a great deal. Remember, you're ineligible if you've earned a Sapphire bonus in the last 48 months. So for example, if you received the 60,000 point introductory bonus on the Chase Sapphire Reserve sometime in the past four years, then you'll need to wait for that period to expire before you can come back and take advantage of this offer on the Sapphire Preferred. For number two, all the rewards opportunities, the base rewards, make it sound like you're only going to get 1% back or 2% back on the bonus categories. but in many cases, you'll be able to get significantly more than that by strategically redeeming the points you earn through regular spending, right? So that starts with a 25% bonus, right? Either through the Pay Yourself Back program or, or by booking travel through Chase Ultimate Rewards. That brings those rates up to 1.25% or 2.5%. And remember, you can also transfer your points to third-party rewards programs like, like I talked about previously, which is going to open up more opportunities where you might be able to get even more than 25% bonus. Pro number three is the ability to transfer points not just from your staff preferred account to another rewards platform, but also the ability to transfer po points from another Chase card, right? Let's say you have a Freedom Unlimited. Link to my full review of that card is at the top of the screen as well as in the description below. But let's say you have the Freedom Unlimited, which comes with 1.5% cash back on non-bonus spending. Obviously, that's higher than the flat 1% you get with the Sapphire Preferred, okay? So you can put your non-bonus purchases on your Freedom Unlimited 
right, for the higher rate on non-bonus purchases and transfer those points from your Freedom Unlimited to your Chase Sapphire Preferred card so you can use them to take advantage of the offers on the Sapphire Preferred, specifically the 25% bonus on travel booked through Chase. So in some cases, you might want to avoid having two cards from the same provider, but in this case, there's kind of a symbiotic relationship here uh, between the Sapphire line and the Freedom line where you can earn the points on one card and then redeem them on another card to maximize your overall value. Pro number four to Sapphire Preferred doesn't come with any foreign transaction fee, so you'll be able to earn the same rewards abroad that you would earn when spending money in the United States without having to worry about paying an extra fee. Again, this makes the Preferred a great option for international travel because you'll be able to get more value out of your points when you use them to book travel through Chase Ultimate Rewards, and then you'll also be able to earn bonus rewards for travel and dining purchases at your destination. All right, now let's move on to the cons, right? There are some cons here, the Sapphire Preferred. First one is gonna be that annual fee, $95 a year. Now, annual fees aren't necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes you'll be able to offset the cost uh, of a card's annual fee with your rewards on that card, but it's definitely something to take into account, especially when you're looking at a card that costs $95 per year, because until you get $95 in rewards per year, you're just gonna be making up what you pay to keep the card open. Right? And remember, the question isn't just whether the Sapphire Preferred will give you $95 or more in rewards to offset that cost. You also need to ask whether it's going to give you $95 more than a comparable free card, right? Kind number two, there's obviously a lot to like about the Sapphire Preferred, but the rewards rates themselves aren't really anything special compared to some of the other cashback cards on the market. You will get 1% back on non-bonus purchases as well as 2% back on travel and dining. That's not bad, but the Chase Freedom Unlimited, for example, will give you 1.5% back on non-bonus purchases, 3% on dining, plus 5% back on travel you booked through Chase Ultimate Rewards, and that doesn't come with any annual fee, okay? So you can get good value if you're able to find the right rewards opportunities, either by taking advantage of Chase's offers or transferring your points to a third-party platform. But the cash back, you know, if you're just looking at cash back here, right, without the 25% bonus, just for cash back alone, the Sapphire Preferred doesn't necessarily justify paying $95 per year just to keep your card active to use on categories like dining and travel, right? If you're not going to redeem for, for travel, okay? Card number three, finally, I want to mention the Sapphire Preferred is missing a few premium features that you can get with the Sapphire Reserve, which is basically a more robust version of the Sapphire Preferred. I don't want to get too deep into the pros and cons of each of these cards right now. I'll put out a more detailed comparison between them in the next few weeks, but essentially the Sapphire Reserve costs $550 per year and it comes with some additional perks that might justify the cost depending on your spending and what you're looking for in a credit card. For example, the Sapphire Reserve offers a 50% bonus on travel booked through Chase Ultimate Rewards as well as pay yourself back compared to the 25% bonus you'll get with a Sapphire Preferred. So. If you have a thousand points, you could redeem those for $12.50 in travel on the Sapphire Preferred, or you could get $15 with the Sapphire Reserve. The Sapphire Reserve also comes with a $300 annual travel credit, access to some airport lounges, 3% instead of two on travel and dining. It's basically an even more premium version of the Sapphire Preferred. It is in fact considered a premium travel card, just like the Amex Platinum. Again, I will take a closer look at these cards soon in a separate video, but if you're willing to pay an annual fee, then you might come out ahead with the Sapphire Reserve compared to the Sapphire Preferred. Should you get the Sapphire Preferred? I can't answer that question for you because I don't know your particular spending habits and credit cards rewards goals, but over the next couple minutes in this video, I will give you two examples of people for whom the Chase Sapphire Preferred would probably be a good fit, as well as two examples of people for whom the Chase Sapphire Preferred mm, might not be the best card on the market for them. Let's start with the examples for whom the Chase Sapphire Preferred 
would be a good fit. Okay, the first circumstance where I would tend to recommend the Sapphire Preferred is if you already have a Chase card in the Freedom line, particularly the Chase Freedom Unlimited or the Chase Freedom Flex, which offers some unique perks that aren't available with the Sapphire Preferred. So as I mentioned, Freedom Unlimited offers 1.5% cash back on non-bonus spending, 3% back on dining, 5% when you use your points to book travel through Chase Ultimate Rewards. On the other hand, the Sapphire Preferred offers more redemption opportunities and redemption value, including the 25% bonus for pay yourself back, uh, paying for travel um, uh, through Chase Ultimate Rewards, and potentially transferring your points to a third-party rewards platform. So those benefits are great when you have one card or the other, but you unlock even more opportunities when you use them together in tandem. Number two, another good fit for the Sapphire Preferred is going to be people who book a lot of travel particularly those who leave the country and need a card with no foreign transaction fee. So in that case, you're going to get the 25% bonus on most of your rewards. You're also going to have the opportunity to move your points into a mileage program or ho a hotel rewards program in order to redeem those points for more than you would be able to get through Chase Ultimate Rewards. Of course, this isn't only a travel card. There are other important benefits that I've mentioned, but it is particularly well-suited to people with lots of travel spending. On the other hand, the Sapphire Reserve is probably gonna be a better option than the preferred for people who have exceptionally high levels of travel spending. So even though the preferred is a great travel card, some people will come out ahead with the reserve, even when you consider the reserve's $550 annual fee, right, which is $455 more than the Sapphire Preferred's $95 annual fee. So ultimately, that decision is going to depend on your spending. Up to a certain point, you're going to be better off with the lower annual fee on the Preferred. But once you get beyond that point uh, in your spending and your traveling, um, you're going to be spending enough and traveling enough to make the, up the extra cost of the reserve. I'm going to take a closer look at those numbers in my upcoming comparison video in which I will compare the preferred and the reserve side by side. All right, now I'm going to discuss two kinds of people for whom the Chase Sapphire Preferred may not actually be the best pick. The first situation where I might recommend looking for another card is if you're the kind of person who just wants one go-to card, right? You just want one card. It might not give you the most in particular categories, but you just want one card that you can use for all your purchases. You don't have to worry about you know, how to redeem and how to maximize, right? Because the Sapphire Preferred is great for travel rewards, but it's a little more labor-intensive, right? If you want to maximize that value, you're going to have to book travel, you know, transfer your points and all that. But if you're just looking for the easiest, simplest way to get as much cash back as possible, then you might want to look at something like the City Double Cash card, which gives you 2% cash back on all purchases. There's no work involved. You don't have to you know, maximize and transfer and all this. There will be a link to that card in the description as well. Um, so you're going to miss out right with the double cash on some of these opportunities for optimization. I mean, you will be able to get 2% back without having to worry about going through extra steps, right? But you will miss out on some opportunities. But overall, right, if you just have one simple card, is great at that. Number two person, the uh, Sapphire Preferred may not be the best pick for. I hinted at this a, middle, a minute ago. Uh, but another situation where you might be better off with a different credit card is if you book enough travel to make the Sapphire Reserve worth the annual fee, the Sapphire Reserve's annual fee of $550. Now, a lot of people look at that number and they think, wow, whew, $550 a year is more than I'm willing to spend on a credit card. Of course, there's good reason to be cautious there. You don't want to pay that fee if you're not going to make it up in rewards, but there are a lot of contexts where the Sapphire Reserve will end up outperforming the Sapphire Preferred over the course of the year. First of all, the Reserve comes with a $300 annual travel credit. That effectively brings the annual fee down to $250, assuming you already spend $300 or more in travel per year. 
Obviously, I wouldn't recommend either of these cards to someone who spends less than that in the main category of travel, right? The main category the Sapphire cards are designed for. On top of that, reserve card holders get a 50% bonus on pay yourself back and on travel book through Chase Ultimate Rewards instead of the 25% bonus on the Sapphire Preferred. So they, uh, they also get 3% instead of 2% on travel and dining. The Lyft offer comes with 10% back on the reserve instead of just 5% back on the preferred. And Chase will even reimburse up to $100 in global entry or TSA pre-check application costs. So even without considering the subjective benefit of the access to airport lounges and things like that, you can see how the Sapphire Reserve can end up being a lot more valuable for big spenders and big travelers, right? Again, I'll be putting out a separate video reviewing the Chase Sapphire Reserve, as well as a video comparing uh, both Sapphire cards, right? The Reserve and the Preferred side by side. So if you're on the fence between the Sapphire Preferred and the Sapphire Reserve, stay tuned because those videos will be up within the next couple weeks here. They will show up right here and right here, okay? Until those videos are released, you will see other selections from my credit card content library here and here, and I will see you in those videos.